With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WESE-FM Greenville Spartanburg-Anderson. Time for the Ingalls Countdown to Tip-Off Show. Brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. Lake Kiwi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Lake Kiwi Ford. Your fast, fun, and friendly dealerships. Blue Ridge Electric Cooperative. Harley Davidson of Greenville and Mr. Knickerbocker. With your hosts, John Ellis and Richmond Weaver. Happy, happy Friday afternoon, everybody. It is a wonderful day, especially if you love college basketball. And I know you might be getting interrupted like we did yesterday, not knowing that there is a college basketball tournament going on down in Charleston, the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic. This is Richmond Weaver. You're listening to the Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off show right here on 92.5 WESC. And again, I know I'm interrupting your day, but this is a wonderful day. It's a beautiful day outside. The weather is great. It's starting to dip down a little bit. And I know we're starting to get into that aspect of maybe it's much more of college football weather and obviously a big game this weekend in Death Valley as Clemson is hosting number 10 Wake Forest and there still is a little bit of a chance that Clemson on the football side can still make the ACC championship game in Charlotte. I know there's some things that have to happen, some dominoes have to fall, obviously Clemson's way, but there still is an opportunity but they obviously have to take care of business. First and foremost, they have to be have to beat Wake Forest at noon on Saturday. And we'll also we'll get you all ready for that game as well. We'll be starting early, broadcasting live from Powdersville Ingles. And make sure you get up and you're ready as well. 7 a.m. start for us on 92.5 WSC, the Ingalls Tailgate Show. John Ellis and I will be helping out to get you prepared for the day from 7 to 9 a.m. So make sure you tune in for that show as well. We've got a jam-packed show and looking forward to that also. But switching gears to basketball. And as much as the weather seems to be, it's going to be a, a great opportunity in terms of football weather, there's still college basketball that is starting. And as I've talked about, this is the time of year that I absolutely love because you have so many aspects of sports going on. Obviously, we had the World Series ending uh, several weeks ago with the Atlanta Braves winning that. You've got college football going. You've got NFL going. The NBA is going and even NHL. And then now also college basketball in these early tournaments as we head into the holidays. And I'm still blown away, and I've talked about it before, that Next Thursday is Thanksgiving, and I just don't even understand where this year has gone. I know the past 18 months, two years, has been a whirlwind for everybody uh, with all things going on. But to be sitting here, as we say, mid-November, it's really end of November, because with Thanksgiving next week, and all of a sudden we're into December, and... The football season for college football is about over, which that's bizarre in itself as well. But then now when you throw in college basketball into it, and as a basketball guy, this is when the year just all of a sudden speeds up into a whole nother warp type of speed. Uh, now, it's exciting, but it does just lend itself to a very fast-paced situation, but there's a lot of sports going on and that's the beauty uh, right now and especially with these early season what we call pre-conference tournaments and some of these now are being identified as holiday tournaments as you're getting close to Thanksgiving and you know heading into obviously December into uh, Christmas as well because most schools they don't start really playing conference games until January historically that's the way it's always been but now with uh, leagues getting bigger conferences expanding then there's now you're going to be seeing some conference games 
in December. At the end of December is when most of them will play. Now, obviously, that was different last year because of COVID and how the scheduling had to change You know, from that perspective. But getting back to the task at hand, we've got another Clemson basketball game this afternoon as Clemson gets the big victory down in Charleston yesterday against Temple University. And if you missed the show yesterday, right here on 92.5 WSE, we talked about Temple and that they might not be where they have been in the past, but this is a Temple team. When you look at it from an historical standpoint, this is a team that is fifth in the NCAA in all-time wins for Division One, And that just blows me away when you look at it from that perspective of head of such other big programs as Duke, St. John's, Indiana. It's amazing just the productivity they've had over their course of history, and obviously with John Chaney being the legendary coach there for the Temple Owls and some of the players they had there in the 80s and 90s and even there in the early 2000s. They were a team that you could always count on that were going to be in the NCAA tournament, and especially they were led by one of the greatest players in college basketball and that's Aaron McKee, and now he's the head coach for Temple. And they're trying to get back into that you know, type of relevancy in terms of a national stage. And you know, now in the American Athletic Conference, uh, Houston and Memphis are the teams that are actually – you know, showcasing that they're head and shoulders above, you know, some of these other teams like Temple that are still trying to kind of rebuild their program again. And I think they do have some pieces that are getting put into place that they can be successful. But what we saw yesterday afternoon was a Clemson team that came out on a mission. And when you can have the ability of making shots at a percentage the way Clemson was doing yesterday, yeah, it's easy to win games. And I'm stating the obvious that the objective is make more shots than your opponent. I get that. (laughs) That's right. But there's much more that goes into it. But when you can have not only a offensive performance the way Clemson did and also a defensive performance the way Clemson did, that's going to put – Clemson in a spot that can make them a very difficult out. And I I think there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. It's only four games into the season. But now Clemson's sitting there at 4-0, and and you have to be feeling a little bit confident about what you're seeing in terms of some of the chemistry. And I think that was some of the issues coming into, or question marks, I should say, coming into the season was what type of chemistry would this team have knowing that They've relied on the transfer portal, not only in terms of bringing guys in, but they also had some guys, you know, recently leaving as well. And I think that's, you know, been a big issue that you have some of these other teams that, you know, seem to be a much more cohesive unit because their team stays together for, you know, a longer period of time where Clemson really hasn't had that aspect. But maybe this is a situation where early on we're seeing some of that chemistry come together and it's allowing Clemson to get in good offensive rhythm, and I think that's the biggest aspect of that. And so this was almost a revenge game for Clemson against Temple because uh, they played in the 2017 Charleston Classic Championship, uh, but that was a game that Temple uh, ended up winning. Now, Clemson dominated this game from start to finish, beating Temple 75-48 to and now advancing to the semifinals against number 22 in the country, St. Bonaventure, who beat uh, Boise State in the early game. And so we'll talk about you know some of the other games uh, that happened yesterday and what you can expect uh, moving forward in this uh, tournament that's basically three games over four days. And you have a loser's bracket and a winner's bracket, and fortunately for Clemson now, they are going to be in the winner's bracket, again, sitting at 4-0 to start this season. And they were led by Nick Honor, who finished perfect from the field. And how many times can you say perfect from the field with a game-high 19 points? And I'm talking 7-7 seven of seven from the field, 4-4 four of four from beyond the arc, and he also was 1-1 one of one from a free-throw line. So that is the definition of a perfect game for Nick Honor. And it was 
him there in the early onset of that game that really got the Tigers going. He scored 14 of the Tigers' first 20 points, and all because of his hot shooting. And he also had three assists and zero turnovers. I mean, that is a stat sheet that you might want to frame if you're Nick Honor, because not many times are you going to be in a position where you have the ability to play almost 28 minutes, you're perfect from the field, you make your one and only free throw, and you do get a rebound, so you're you're in that category, and you have three assists and zero turnovers. And I think that is a magnificent opportunity for Nick Honor to showcase, you know, what he was able to do at Fordham his uh, freshman year and transferring, uh, you know, over to Clemson and being somewhat of a spark plug for Clemson. And it was it was him that really got everything going early on. And again, that's the type of situation where I think it was much more playing into the offense and not trying to force things. And that's what we talked about yesterday. You know, could you have that type of balance? And I think we were able to see some of that as the Tigers ended up taking a 38 to 26 lead at halftime. And now two other Clemson players finished in double figures with PJ Hall and Hunter Tyson, each scoring 13 and 11 points respectively. And then David Collins, the transfer from South Florida, came in and he nailed down his first double-double and finished uh, with seven, um, excuse me, and uh, just a guy that is continuing to showcase, you know, what he's able to do uh, in terms of being that guy, uh, you know, a transfer that you knew had some capabilities, but could he come into this team and insert himself and be a leader uh, pretty quickly. Uh, and, and I say he had a double-double. He almost had a double-double. He finished with seven points and nine rebounds, but that's the second consecutive game that he's had nine rebounds, and I think that's a big part of what you can get from uh, David Collins with his size. He's a, a little bit of a, of a bigger guy, especially playing out on the wing, and he understands how to utilize his body to get in there and have some uh, rebounds from that standpoint. And now the Clemson again was red hot from the field. They ended the first half on a 15 to 2 run, and even though they had trailed early on 24 to 23, that 15 to 2 run allowed them to jump out to a 38 to 26 lead at halftime as I talked about. And then to start the second half, it was all about the same with Clemson. They went on a 15 to 4 run over the first 5 minutes and a 30 to 6 run all the way back to the 8 minute mark basically. So, Clemson was in that groove offensively. And the good thing about it, they only committed uh five turnovers uh in in the game, actually, uh, I think it, the the total ended up being nine turnovers, but five just there in that first half, and I think that's you know a, a big difference you know from that standpoint that we talked about it in terms of turnovers. If you can have a situation where you're only having nine to eleven turnovers, that's the sweet spot in basketball and at any level in all regards, and when you're then in a situation of limiting your turnovers like that, that obviously is giving you an advantage. But Clemson was able to force you know, Temple into some tough turnovers, ended up with 14 uh, turnovers. And then you look at the perspective that just the field goal shooting for Clemson overall, again, what they were able to do, it's impressive. Because we haven't seen this type of shooting for Clemson in quite a while. Shot 55% for the game, uh, field goal percentage, and shot 52% from beyond the arc. And shot 67% from the free throw line. They didn't. They only went to the free throw line six times, so four of six from the free throw line. But it was really what they were able to do early in the game, getting some transition, easy baskets, and then Nick Honor, how hot he was and really sparking Clemson to be able to be in that position that also allowed them then to 
get into not only the offensive transition, but then get back. And now after a made basket, then they're able to apply a little bit of pressure on Temple. And they really did an unbelievable job holding Khalif Battle, Temple's leading scorer who had been averaging 24 points per game to only four points. Now we're going to take a much deeper dive into some of the other games and get you ready for Clemson's game against St. Bonaventure. That's next. You're listening to the Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off Show on 92.5 WESC. Richmond Weaver here continuing on the Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off show on this wonderful Friday afternoon, the last Friday before Thanksgiving. And I know you might be wondering what in the world is going on interrupting the day with college basketball, the Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off show. Well, yes, it's that time of year again, getting you ready for the semifinal matchup for Clemson in the 2021 Shriners Children's Charleston Classic. And this is a tournament that Clemson is very familiar with. They've played in it several times, even all the way back to 2008 when this tournament started. And it's just continued to pick up uh, national exposure, bringing in some national teams. And again, remember, this is a tournament with some names that uh, are very well known in college basketball. You had St. Bonaventure versus Boise State in that uh, first game yesterday, uh, and that St. Bonaventure ended up winning that game 67-61. to 61. And obviously then now they advanced into the winner's bracket, and that's who Clemson is going to be playing today. And we'll talk about St. Bonaventure in a little bit more detail in the next segment in terms of what type of team this is. This will be a true test for Clemson because St. Bonaventure, people continue to talk about St. Bonaventure as a mid-major program, but in all reality, they're not. Uh, They can compete with the big boys. They're number 22 in the country, and some people say they actually should be ranked even higher from that perspective, but we'll we'll dive much more into that. But this uh, Shriners Children's Charleston Classic uh, down at the TD Arena uh, in Charleston against a uh, three-game event held over four days. So games yesterday, games today, and then have an off day on Saturday because hey, why not go ahead and take a little bit of a break? There's college football. Everybody's going to be <laughs> excited about college football and then come back on Sunday and have your championship game and consolation games on Sunday. So it's a great opportunity for these teams to be able to play multiple games over a period of time, a short period of time, uh, so to speak. And maybe that's an opportunity to almost replicate what you might see at the end of the season in your conference tournament or prepare you for what you might see if you make it into the NCAA tournament or if you have some type of postseason, say it's in the NIT. This is an opportunity for your team to understand what it would look like playing back-to-back games or if you're in a situation, you know, play a game, have a day off, and then play another game, which is obviously traditional in the NCAA tournament. But in conference tournament play, you play back-to-back games. And so, I think this is one of the advantages of why these coaches, they want to be able to do this and have the opportunity. And it allows fans, you know, some opportunities to see some other teams, go to a different location, uh, but have everything basically under one roof. And so other teams that were in this tournament, obviously Clemson played Temple with that big win. You had Marquette and Ole Miss uh, played yesterday evening, and that was a game that Marquette ended up winning. And then also uh, Elon versus West Virginia, and West Virginia ended that game, and that was a, a night ca- uh, nightcap game uh, late in the night there. And so that was an opportunity, again, you know, for 
again, these teams to showcase you know other schools and also you know understand what their team is early on in the season before they get into conference play. And as we had mentioned, Clemson got the big victory, uh, 75-48, just an overall fantastic performance from Clemson when you look at it all the way around. And so now for Clemson sitting at 4-0, and so all four games this season, Clemson has shot over 40% from three from beyond the arc, and that's almost unheard of in terms of what we have historically seen with Clemson, who typically hovers around 33 to 34% from beyond the arc, and I think that's such an impressive stat right now. And again, I know it's early, but it marks for the first time since a four-game stretch during the 2017-2018 season that Clemson has been able to shoot over 40% from beyond the arc. And I think that's obviously, you know, one of the key factors for Clemson being able to be in a position, you know, winning some of these games. And you look at it from a three-point shooting perspective, Clemson right now is averaging 20 three-point attempts per game from beyond the arc. And that's 278th nationally. And that's the sweet spot, though, for Clemson. We talked about that, uh, even with Terrence Oglesby, um, who's college basketball analyst on the field of 68 and played at Clemson. So he knows, as a three-point shooter, he knows you know exactly what it takes in terms of what you need from a night-in, night-out basis from beyond the arc. And you don't want to rely on that. You want it to have it in the flow of your offense. And I think that's what Clemson has been able to do early on this season. So again, when you look at it, basically averaging 20 uh, three-point attempts per game, 278th nationally. But when you look at it from a percentage standpoint, they're shooting 48% from three right now. I mean, that is fantastic. So much that seventh in the nation. And not many times can we say that Clemson has been in the top 10 in three-point shooting because we just haven't seen that over the years. I mean, even when going back to that 2017 season when Clemson made that run uh, there in the NCAA tournament and you had Gabe DeVoe and you know what he could do from the outside – that was a different type of team. So I think a lot of people are surprised right now that Clemson's been able to shoot with this type of percentage. And then just even shooting from the field, shooting 52% uh, from the field right now, and that's 27th nationally. So Clemson is doing a really good job you know, from that perspective. And, and I think the other side is they have been able to limit their turnovers, to averaging 12 turnovers per game right now. And I think that's you know a big part of why they're having some of the success that they're having. But then the flip side also on the defensive side, they're holding their opponents to 38% uh, from field goal percentage, and that's 72nd in the nation. And then from a three-point uh, perspective, they're holding their opponents to 22% from the beyond the arc. And I think when you can do that, that balance of being able to have that type of explosive firepower on the offensive side, but then be able to limit the opposing team, the way they've been able to do that, holding Temple to 48 points, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And as I had mentioned, again, Temple's leading scorer, Khalif Battle, averaged 24 points per game. He was held to four on two of seven shooting and 0 for four from beyond the arc. That's the type of defensive pressure that Brad Burnell is able to employ, and that's what's going to make Clemson difficult uh, heading into not only some of these other games that we'll be talking about throughout the season, but obviously into ACC uh, opportunities if they can continue to play with this type of offensive production. And I've been around college basketball long enough Unfortunately, they probably will not, and that's just the reality of it in terms of being able to to execute at this type of level. But if they can have a consistent stretch where they don't go into situations where it's a eight-game stretch where they're really struggling offensively, and that's what we've seen in the past where it's 
they'll have a four or five game stretch and then it'll be a five to eight game stretch where they struggle offensively. We saw that last year. And now you can say COVID had a lot to do with that. And obviously it did with some of the pauses from that perspective, but there is this just opportunity that Clemson right now, if they can continue to focus on just that balance, then they're going to be a tough opponent for anybody across the country, regardless of you know where these teams match up in the top 25 or in the ACC once ACC play gets going into action. So some other games um, in the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic. Again, I mentioned St. Bonaventure moves into the winner's bracket with their 67-61 to win over Boise State. And this was actually a game where Boise State led most of this game. And you could see that maybe that early start, uh, again, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, that's not normal for some of these teams. And so there's a little bit of, okay, you're out of your – uh, typical routine getting ready for a game and you know having these early games and as I've mentioned before probably ad nauseum that's why coaches love this because in the NCAA tournament or conference tournament time you've got to be able to play some of these early games because you never know how you're going to be matched up and what uh, uh, time slot you're going to be in and so this gives these teams the opportunity to really understand what it might look like when you're not in a traditional situation of playing a 7 or a 7.30 game or a 9 p.m. game, which a lot of college teams now are starting to do, obviously because of TV situations. So Clemson now will take on St. Bonaventure. And again, we'll, talk, we'll break down St. Bonaventure a little bit more, but this is a team that Uh, got hot right at the end of the game and was able to put Boise State away. But Boise State stayed in that game, controlling the tempo, and you could tell it was frustrating St. Bonaventure to a certain degree. And But St. Bonaventure just had too much depth and were able to obviously get the win there. In the other matchup, Marquette beat Ole Miss – and so 78-72, to 72, and it's a nice win for Shaka Smart, especially following up uh, that Marquette had beaten Illinois the other night, and Illinois a top-10 team. So that's a great opportunity for a new head coach, Shaka Smart, there. And in the last matchup, West Virginia, led by Bob Huggins, uh, took care of Elon, and they controlled that game for the most part through the entire game. I know Elon uh, made a little bit of run there at the end of the first half, but uh, West Virginia ended up winning that game 87-68. to 68. And so uh, tonight, Marquette will take on West Virginia in the winner's bracket. All right, we're going to take a look at this matchup between St. Bonaventure and Clemson in a little bit more detail. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off Show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off Show is on 92.5 WESC. Richmond Weaver here on the Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off Show on a wonderful Friday afternoon. And when I say wonderful, I mean wonderful. It is absolutely beautiful. This is a nice way to start your weekend right before Thanksgiving. It was a little crisp this morning. The sun is out. It's absolutely fantastic. What a wonderful afternoon. Not only to be able to get ready for college football this weekend, obviously Clemson taking on Wake Forest uh, at noon tomorrow, and we'll get you all caught up for that game as well. You can tune in right here on 92.5 WESC for the 
Ingalls Tailgate Show, and that will start at 7 a.m., and then we'll turn it over to the network at 9 a.m. for the Tiger Tailgate Show as they'll continue getting you ready for the rest of the day for the Clemson matchup versus, again, crazy to say, number 10, Wake Forest. I don't think many people would have ever guessed that you would be looking at a situation that on November 20th, that Clemson would be playing Wake Forest, but Clemson would not be ranked and Wake Forest is ranked number 10 in the country. That just doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of people. It's been a crazy year. Most people would have guessed, okay, Clemson will be ranked number 10 when they take on Wake Forest on November 20th, but it's completely flip-flopped. And now Wake Forest has an opportunity of actually winning the Atlantic in the ACC with a win against Clemson tomorrow. If they do that, they've clinched it, and they'll play in Charlotte on December 4th. If they lose, then that does still keep the door open for not only NC State, but also for Clemson as well, as crazy as that sounds. If Wake Forest loses their last two games, they have a game on November 27th against Boston College. So if they lose their last two then that allows Clemson to still be in the hunt and also NC State. Now, so for Clemson to be able to actually capture the Atlantic Division, it would require, obviously, beating Wake Forest, Wake Forest losing to Boston College, but then NC State would need to lose to either Syracuse or North Carolina. So it's still possible. And I know we talk about, you know, this – crazy season and anything can happen in sports but it's true as we've seen coastal chaos over the past several years where it's a different team has represented the coastal division in the ACC championship game over what the last seven consecutive years there's still some things that could happen and we had Eric McLean on our show that John Ellis and I do on 104.9 Fox Sports Upstate Uh, you can catch that uh, Monday through Friday 4 to 6 p.m. and he talked about in we have coastal chaos but on the other side of the ACC He's hoping for Atlantic anarchy and what can happen you know, over the next couple of weeks that could allow Clemson the opportunity of somehow sneaking back into the ACC championship game. And that would just be an unbelievable scenario and storyline if Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson football team were able to do that because, in all honesty, everybody has written them off that they're not even in contention. And even though Clemson is a four and a half point favorite against a number 10 team in Wake Forest, there's a lot of people that just don't see that anything. Uh, in terms of a Clemson win is going to be possible because Clemson just can't score. And that's been obviously the the biggest issue for Clemson right now because defensively they can definitely slow some people down and at least allow the Tigers to be in contention to try to win some of these games because all of these games have come down to, I know Clemson has won some of these close ones, but the ones that they have lost – those have been close as well, and I think that's what people tend to forget about is that there is this situation where you know, some things could go a different way in a couple of these games. Now, all of a sudden, Clemson's in a different narrative. Now, still, maybe not able to score at the productive rate that they have in the past, but at the end of the day, wins are wins in terms of obviously being able to uh, fight for an ACC title. So, my point is is that this is a great day to get ready for college football weekend, some exciting things happening, but also a great day for college basketball because Clemson is in a situation right now on the basketball side. They are very balanced, both offensively and defensively. And as we talked about earlier, right now, from beyond the arc, they're shooting well over 40% and 27th in the nation and As a Clemson grad, I do at times have orange-colored lenses. I get that. But I'm objective enough uh, from my coaching days that I I understand, you know, I can look at some of these teams objectively, and in all reality, this is not 
a Clemson team that I ever would have expected to be four games into the season and shooting at that type of a percentage from beyond the arc. And even from just field goal percentage, this team is shooting really well overall. And I think you're seeing right now just a surprise in terms of how cohesive this team is. And they seem to be in a really good flow and everybody's understanding their roles. Now I know we might have to pump the brakes. It's only four games into it, and you can question some of the competition, et cetera, and what will happen when you get into a situation where you're in a matchup against a much more talented team, and especially a team you know, on the defensive side that can put you in some uncomfortable situations on offense, and that's probably a scenario that you could see this afternoon against St. Bonaventure, because St. Bonaventure is a team out of the Atlantic 10 that I'm telling you is very talented team now they struggled a little bit against Boise State in that game yesterday but at the end of the day they were able to overcome things and get the win uh, with head coach Mark Schmidt and you know what he's been able to do uh, in his tenure at St. Bonaventure right now having them uh, 22nd in the country now they were the Atlantic 10 champions last year in 2019 they were their Atlantic 10 runner-up 2018 NCAA tournament 2016 NIT 2016 Atlantic 10 regular season co-champions and they've had eight NCAA tournaments over his uh, tenure and also 2012 Atlantic 10 champions. So you can see that this is a team that is poised right now to actually be in position. And as much people talk about, you know, they're a mid-major program, I don't think so. I, I think this is a team, and even the Atlantic 10, I don't even know if you can uh, classify the Atlantic 10 as a mid-major conference. Uh, when I think of mid-major, uh, I think much more of the Big South, uh, the Southern Conference. That's that's more of a mid-major uh, conference in my eyes where I, I think some of the uh, the programs in the Atlantic 10 are just slightly ahead of that. So maybe it's a high mid-major if you want to get technical from that standpoint. But they're right on the cusp of being in position where they can compete with the Power 5 programs. And I know it's a little bit different when you – in football, we say group of five versus uh, power five, and there seems to be a much more of a separation, much more of a distinction. But in all reality, in basketball, it's not necessarily that way. There's much more parity uh, with all of these teams as some of these conferences are almost blended together. Uh, and, and I think you're starting to see some of that with some of these upsets that can happen, especially early on, where you saw a Furman, a mid-major program, beat Louisville. Uh, you saw a Miami of Ohio uh, beat Georgia Tech. You saw the Citadel beat Pittsburgh. You know, and all these games are on the road, and you know these are nice wins. And I think it's just showcasing that some of these mid, true mid-major programs are actually very good and can compete with some of these power uh, power five programs. So, just knowing that Clemson now is going to be faced with. Uh, a team in St. Bonaventure, the Bonnies, in their game against Boise State, they had four guys average, uh, or excuse me, four guys in double figures in points. So they've got some depth. They've got, uh, you know, a well balanced team right now, uh, led by Kyle Lofton, uh, their uh, point guard, who's averaging uh, 14.5 points per game. Then you've got Dominic Welch, uh, who's averaging almost 12 points per game. And then Jaron Holmes, another senior, averaging almost 14 points per game and then Oshun Oshuni and I know that's a mouthful right there but he's their big center he's averaging 11 points per game and almost 10 point 10 rebounds per game so he's almost averaging a double double and then uh, Jalen Attaway uh, a redshirt senior is also averaging uh, double figures in points at around 12 points per game and six rebounds per game so you can see This is a very tenured type of team, well-experienced. When you have that starting five of all seniors and a redshirt senior, you can see that this is a team that's been together for a while. 
Now, some of these guys have you know also transferred in. When you look at some of the reserves, like Quadre Adams uh, transferred from Wake Forest. Uh, but when you look at that starting five, and that's their core nucleus, that's going to be the tough part for Brad Burnell and Clemson because they are so experienced and they do have uh, you know some size. And these guards are very heady type of guards. They're they're strong and they're physical. And it's going to be an interesting matchup with Alamir Dawes and Nick Honor, you know, from the guard position. And then also for PJ Hall going up against Oshun, you know, can he? be able to take Oshun out of the lane and be able to you know look at scoring opportunities you know from the outside which we know PJ Hall is capable of doing so it's going to be a tough task for Clemson today this afternoon down in Charleston but we're going to wrap things up as we continue here on the Ingles countdown to tip-off show With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Ingalls Countdown to Tip-Off Show on 92.5 WESC. Richmond Weaver here broadcasting live from downtown Greenville in the iHeart Studio, 92.5 WESC. Getting you ready for the basketball game this afternoon. Clemson taking on St. Bonaventure down at the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic. That is a mouthful there, but is a great tournament uh, for a great cause, obviously, with uh, Shriners Children's Hospital and all of the work that they do. And so I, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. And Clemson has had some success in this tournament in the past, so it's a great situation for Clemson to be able to uh, showcase, you know, the opportunity of some of the low country being able to see Clemson. And I know some Clemson fans, obviously, in the low country are excited to have them in town and not only just Clemson, but also all of these other schools. When you're looking at, you know, unique schools coming into Charleston, a Boise State, St. Bonaventure, Temple, Marquette, Ole Miss, and even West Virginia as well with Bob Huggins. And obviously Elon is, is part of the uh, mix as well. Uh, but, you know, all all of these schools being able to come down, it's a great opportunity to to have some really good college basketball in Charleston, South Carolina, and it is becoming a somewhat of a destination that teams want to play uh, in Charleston. Obviously, I think there's the weather aspect as well this time of year. Maybe you know a school like Marquette, yeah, why not? Let's go <laughs> in a little bit of warmer weather and uh, have the opportunity of you know playing some basketball there, but. This game is going to be a, a situation where, against St. Bonaventure, you know, can Clemson have the same opportunity in terms of being able to come out and don't have to be real fast, but they do need to be aggressive and be balanced. And I think that's what we talked about on the show yesterday in terms of getting ready for the game against Temple. And there's some similarities between St. Bonaventure and Temple, just from the size perspective, but that didn't seem to be a factor for Clemson against Temple. Now, St. Bonaventure is a much better team in terms of their talent, especially their starting five, and they're uh, such a quote-unquote old team when you look at it in college basketball, when you have five seniors and one's a redshirt senior that – uh, consist of your starting five. You typically don't see that in college basketball right now, and that's one of the reasons why you're looking at a situation that St. Bonaventure is ranked in the top 25. And again, as I mentioned, maybe not even considered necessarily a mid-major program. But for Clemson, it's all, again, it's easy to say, and I know I'm stating the obvious, but if you can shoot over 50% the way Clemson has been able to do over the past several games, 
then you're going to have a good shot at winning the game. And I get that. And especially when you're shooting 52% from the uh, beyond the arc like they were able to do against Temple, uh, 11 of 21, that's going to put you in a real good position as well, coupled with the fact that Clemson protected the ball against Temple and didn't get into a situation where they were trying to be too aggressive and forcing you know, the situation. They were allowing their offense to get going, only committed nine turnovers. That's impressive. And when you can keep yourself within that 9 to 11 turnover range, again, you're going to have a much better opportunity of winning the game because that's obviously giving you more opportunities of scoring. And I think Clemson was able to also apply the pressure that they needed and force 14 turnovers against Temple, which led to 17 points. And I think that's the big key. And also for Clemson, now with their nine turnovers, Temple was only able to capitalize on five points off of those nine turnovers. And that's a great job for Clemson being in a situation where it wasn't those uh, turnovers that really hurt you, especially turnovers in the backcourt. You know, maybe it's turnovers, you know, on, on the front court and, you know, you, you have an opportunity to get back and play defense. And a lot of times you can see these teams get in situations where they're pressing offensively, trying to get up-tempo, and then that leads to not being in good defensive position because you're already overcommitted on the offensive side, and then when you have a turnover, then it's easy for the opposing team to get down the court and get some easy baskets. But Clemson didn't allow that to happen with their turnovers, and I think that's a great situation for Clemson. And now, Obviously, if you can have somebody like Nick Honor step up and be perfect from the field, then that's going to be a nice scenario to have as well. Again, Nick Honor, 19 points, 7 of 7 from the field, 4 of 4 from beyond the arc, and he made his only free throw. So 1 of 1. That's a perfect game, and he also had 0 turnovers and 3 assists. I'm telling you, this is a stat sheet, box score, however you want to describe it, that Nick Honor should actually frame because you can't get much better than that in terms of perfection from that standpoint. But this will be a much more of a challenge for Clemson against St. Bonaventure. And I know Don Munson and Tim Bray are going to get you ready uh, in just a few minutes uh, with a little bit more pregame as uh, the Tigers get ready to tip off here on this Friday afternoon. And again, a wonderful Friday afternoon as We get ready for a great weekend heading into Thanksgiving week. And if you haven't already started getting things ready for Thanksgiving, you better hurry because it's coming pretty fast. And just make sure that if you're out and about and you're thinking about all the plans that you need, all the supplies that you need, all the food that you need for Thanksgiving, it's easy. All you've got to do is go to your local Ingles here in the upstate, and they will have everything uh, for you. And even you can get some of your meals prepared there at Ingles as well, and that may might save you some time also. So just remember, just go to your local Ingles here in the upstate. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Now, some other local teams that will be in action as well as uh, we continue uh, getting going in this college basketball season. Furman is going to be taking on Radford tonight. That's at 7 o'clock. And Furman obviously coming off of that big win against Louisville. And then a heartbreaker losing in overtime to Belmont. Uh, but Bob Ritchie and what his team is doing uh, is going to be in a position where you could see them making a big run in the in the SOCON and having a chance uh, to win uh, their first conference uh, tournament title and get that automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. They take on Radford from the Big South. And then uh, Wofford is actually going to be taking on another Big South team, and that's Hampton. That's at 7.30 tonight as well. And then Winthrop is going to be traveling to take on Vanderbilt on Saturday. Uh, So that'll be an interesting opportunity for Winthrop. Can they be another mid-major team that goes on the road and beats a Power 5 
quote-unquote Power 5 school in college basketball. And then next week, Presbyterian will be taking on VMI out of the Southern Conference, and that's actually in a tournament uh, in New Orleans. So a great opportunity for those teams to play. And last night, South Carolina got a nice win over uh, Andy Kennedy and the UAB Blazers. Uh, That was down in Columbia, and it was a a situation where – South Carolina needed some free throws down the stretch, and they had been struggling a little bit from the free throw line uh, last night, but they were able to hit some key free throws uh, right there at the end of the game and ended up winning 66-63. to So now Frank Martin and the Gamecocks are sitting there uh, at uh, 3-1, and 2-0 and at home, and they lost uh, Heartbreaker uh, to Princeton in the tournament up in Asheville, which is a great opportunity for, again, Asheville to now showcase uh, that they are – somewhat of a basketball city. They were able to host the Maui Invitational last year because of COVID, and based on that, it led to the formation of the the Asheville Classic uh, and them now bringing in some some teams to, to be able to do that each year, and I think we're going to continue to see that uh, in terms of more basketball opportunities being played. Obviously, the SOCON has been holding their uh, conference uh, championship there in Asheville for several years, and it's a great venue uh, up there as well. But Devin Carter for South Carolina hit two free throws with two seconds left uh, for South Carolina to get that win, 66-63. to 63. Now, for Clemson, in terms of what is on the schedule after uh, this tournament, and again, they'll play uh, – Uh, today and then they'll also have the opportunity of playing on Sunday and hopefully that will be in the uh, winner's bracket uh, again but they'll be back in Little John on Friday November 26th the day after Thanksgiving and it'll be great opportunity to go see some basketball that starts at two o'clock so again cheer on your Tigers right after Thanksgiving and hopefully everybody's going to be cheering on the Tigers that they have been able to celebrate a top 10 victory over Wake Forest, and that is on Saturday at noon in Death Valley. So we're going to turn it over to Mr. Don Munson and Tim Beret. You've been listening to the Ingles Countdown to Tip-Off show for Trey Falco, Richmond Weaver. Have a great, great Friday. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.